0: I am Beau Ellis Breedlove, and this is The June Bug. Welcome back to the Junebug. In our last episode, we learned more about Luella Bertie Pierce's past, her young adulthood, the trauma that sits at the center of her estrangement from her siblings. We also delved into the intimate process of Bertie's decision to end her own life. We heard the depths of her faith in God and her belief that she was doing the right thing by choosing to die, two conflicting beliefs that she reconciled, her faith and her choice. If you haven't already, I implore you to visit the resources page on our website for more information on medical aid and dying, including links to organizations that are working to expand access to medical aid and dying. wwwthejunebugorg backslash resources. In the story, such as names and places, have been altered or fictionalized to preserve privacy. Episode 3. 8.40 PM. A Bath. The record needle clicked rhythmically as the music ceased playing. It was eerily quiet in the house, dark. Outside the living room picture window, the scenery of high desert landscapes and distant rolling vineyard hills was black speckled only with street lamps and porch lights. The weekend Labor Day crowds had come and gone and the sleepy oasis had returned to its familiar silent nights. Light rain began to fall from cloud-covered skies. Niccolo perused the collection of records in the credenza. Bertie had asked that the music keep playing throughout the night, even though she would be sleeping occasionally. Retelling stories from her youth and recalling the horror of the tragedy on Lake Union, had been an overexertion. Bertie was tired, but resistant to sleep for more than a half hour at a time. She did not want to sleep away her last night. This would be her final opportunity to see a sunset, a sunrise, to talk candidly with Nico, tell stories of her life, to admire the mementos and trinkets that surrounded her. It would be her last chance to hear her favorite songs, to listen to the birds sing, A cool, evening breeze fluttered the curtains, flanking an open bedside window. The wind kissed Bertie's cheeks and aroused her from the brief slumber. She did not move, she did not stir, rather staying still and feeling the coolness drift across her body she wondered how many rainstorms she had seen in her lifetime. Endlessly entertained by her own queries, Birdie considered the average number of rainy days in the various places she had lived. Walla Walla, Kaiser, Seattle, Boise, Myrtle Beach, Memphis, Las Vegas. She thought back and attempted to discern the average days of rain in each place. Birdie calculated that she had probably lived through at least 8,000 days of rain in her lifetime. As the rain sprinkled in through the open window and glistened on her nightstand, Bertie mused, 8001 is a nice number. the selection of records was not what Niccolo expected to find. Instead of an array of top hits and bands emblematic of the 1940s and 50s, it was largely an assortment of unmarked albums without labels or sleeves, many of which were labeled simply with post-it notes paper envelopes and hand-scribbled titles of little-known artists Niccolo had never seen before. He found one to play. It was labeled Rosa and Rico, Studio 1961. The music began to resonate through the house. It was light samba accompanied by a woman singing in Portuguese. The recording was rough, echoey, and sounded like a first take and not an established record you might find in a retailer. In fact, that's precisely what it was, an original studio demo, just like all the others without album covers. Bertie had a substantial collection of studio records. Niccolo reminded himself to ask her about that. As he put away the previous record, he heard the light chime of Bertie's bedside bell. She had only slept for a few minutes, but was now once again wide awake and eager to talk. She had a request. It was time for another event noted on the schedule that Niccolo now carried in his pocket. Nico, I'm ready for my bath. We want to hear from you. Do you have a story you would like to share? Have you witnessed someone's end-of-life experience? At The June Bug, we want to help educate and prepare our listeners to provide compassionate and loving end-of-life care. We do so by sharing true stories. And if you have a true story that you would like to share please contact us and let us know. You can visit www.thejunebug.org for more information. Thank you for listening. As Niccolo drew the bath, he contemplated how exactly he was going to make this happen. It had been known for a while that Bertie wanted to take a bath on her final night, but Nico hadn't really put much thought into it, thinking that it would be an easy accomplishment. But now he realized the tub was awfully deep, and to make it more difficult, it was enclosed in pink tile that came just above knee height, and the tub itself was recessed. It was undoubtedly too high for Birdie to manage, and it seemed too deep for her to safely and warmly bathe in alone. It was large, the tub, one of those oversized soaking tubs. Watching the water fill, Niccolo came up with a creatively intimate solution. Once the bath was ready, Niccolo returned to Bertie and assisted in undressing her. He enveloped her in an oversized terrycloth robe that had long hung in her closet, so large it was obviously not meant for Bertie. She liked to joke that it was a token of a one-night stand. The breast of the robe was embroidered in pink with the logo of the Las Vegas Flamingo. Niccolo was clad only in a pair of red running shorts. Birdie, Nicolo began. I think the only safe way we can really make this happen is if I take the bath with you." Bertie laughed. It's been a long time since I took a bath with a man. Niccolo carried Bertie to the bathroom, where he helped her to stand along the side of the tub. She weakly braced herself against the countertop. Nico stepped into the water first and then assisted Bertie in removing the bathrobe. Cautiously, he held both her hands as she stepped into the bathtub with him. Slowly, they sat down together in the water much in the way a mother would bathe a child. Niccolo was braced against the back of the tub with his aunt seated between his legs. Bertie relaxed into the water as the heat soothed her sore and tender body. She rested the back of her head against Niccolo's chest As they enjoyed the warm water together, Portuguese lyrics and jovial piano notes lingered in the air, prompting Nicolo to ask his question. Bertie, I notice you have a lot of studio records. Why is that? Are you a writer or an artist? Do you need help bringing your creative vision to life? Breedlove Creative Enterprises specializes in content editing and production for artists and authors. We work together to create new and unique media that will capture your audience. Visit bebreedlove.com to view BCE's client portfolio and schedule a free consultation. You don't have to go it alone. Trust Breedlove Creative Enterprises to make your project a success. Breedlove Creative Enterprises is proud to produce the Junebug. The rural farmhouse outside Boise had been a pleasant place for Louis and Louise. Four years had passed since the morning their mother left to reclaim her job with Sears. A check still came in the mail every week like clockwork. By now, the children's paternal grandparents had assumed this arrangement would be permanent. And so, they had adapted their lives to having young children once more. The farm was scenic, surrounded by sprawling fields of wheat. Lewis, still too young for school, spent his afternoons playing in the pasture alongside the cattle and the dogs. Louise had already begun attending the small schoolhouse a mile walk from the homestead. She spent her evenings practicing penmanship and playing school teacher to her little brother. Louise and Louis knew of their mother, but by now they had little knowledge of who she really was. Aside from being the woman who sent occasional letters, signed the checks, and shipped care packages for birthdays and holidays, they did not know anything about her. By now, four years on into this new arrangement, unbeknownst to Louis and Louise, Their mother was no longer traveling country roads, selling Sears portrait sessions. That time had passed, and Luella had since become Bertie in Myrtle Beach. Across the country, Bertie was living in Compt hotel rooms and hawking photos in the lobbies every night of the week. The money was decent, but the lifestyle still wasn't suitable for children. But Bertie had hope that would change soon. A new opportunity had arisen. Visiting Myrtle Beach one summer weekend, soon-to-be Memphis music producer Sam Phillips was on the look For talent his dream was to open a new recording studio something unique it would be the heart of a new sound for the South and he wasn't just seeking out musicians he was also on the hunt for industry talent songwriters composers album artists. One night, as he passed through the lobby of his hotel, he spotted a young, beautiful blonde woman clad in a white linen afternoon dress. Displayed on the table before her was an assortment of photos for sale. Photographs she had taken Sam perused the selection and chose two photos to take home as mementos. When he paid the saleswoman, he asked if she would join him for a drink in the lobby bar later that evening. Bertie accepted the invitation. After a few Manhattans and Sam being regaled with the tale of how Bertie's name originated, Sam made the ask. He saw talent in Luella Birdie Pierce. He saw a woman driven to find a path for herself, and a woman desperate to make it on her own. Sam needed someone driven like she was to take the creative lead for album art at his soon to open Sun Records. He offered Bertie the job, and she accepted. The letter arrived on a Tuesday afternoon, while Louise was still at school. Along with it, enough money for train passage from Boise to Memphis. After almost five years, the children were soon to be reunited with their mother. However, neither wanted to leave the farm. It had become Louise and Lewis's home. It was somewhere safe and familiar. Their mother had become a stranger. But irregardless, it was at last, time, for the family to be reunited. Arriving at the train station in Memphis, Louis and Louise were greeted by a new woman. Birdie was no longer the traumatized, scared, timid woman who had abandoned them at the farm. She had blossomed in the five years of their separation. She was smart, proud, confident, and now a successful career woman. Sun Records found success quickly, signing artists such as B.B. King and Ike Turner, and soon breakout musicians the likes of Elvis and Johnny Cash. Birdie worked closely with every artist who walked through the doors, of the Union Avenue Recording Studio. She took all their headshots, photographed band rehearsals, and designed the album art for every demo that went to production. Over the years in Memphis, Lewis and Louise adapted to this new, exciting experience punctuated by dinner parties with celebrities and pool days at Graceland. Bertie was adored in Memphis. She was valued. She was a commodity. People wanted to be around her. She had at last found success not for just herself, but for her children. And with that success, security. All the while, rubbing elbows with hit artists and keeping their demo records for herself as she amassed a vast collection of one-of-a-kind recordings. The very recordings Nicolo has been thumbing through daily, orchestrating the soundtrack for Bertie's final days. the rhythmic clicking of the record needle brought the bath to a finish as Bertie asked Nicolo to take her back to bed. Again dressed in her nightgown, Nicolo gently assisted Bertie into bed. She closed her eyes and asked for a few moments to rest. As she did so, Nicolo returned once more to the Credenza to find the next album to play. This time, he chose one that was not a demo. It was Frank Sinatra. The house once more filled with music. Nicolo, Bertie gently called out. He came back to her bedside. Niccolo, this. This is it. This is the song. Niccolo paused, waiting for her to finish her thought. Niccolo, this is the song. I want to hear when I die. It was Frank Sinatra singing Bye Bye Baby a hit from one of his earliest albums. Bertie began to hum and then gently sing along as she drifted back to sleep. The June Bug is produced by Breedlove Creative Enterprises. Original music composed by Beau Ellis Breedlove. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. You can also help support this podcast and the June Bug project by becoming a supporting member on our Patreon page. www.patreon.com/thejunebug Thank you for listening. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Stay tuned for the next installment of The June Bug.